This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well, but if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, well, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. That's, That's okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. This is Chops and Craig WK. And we're here to talk about influential games. We yeah. don't have a specific game we want to talk about today, but we did want to mention, or actually not mention, go through a whole episode yeah. on games that we feel um, provided influence and direction in different genres of video games. Yep, uh, whether it be uh, influential to like pop culture, influential to the game industry as a whole, the genre the game is from, what have you. Uh, these are some games uh, that we really wanted to chat about and think that, you know, they're just pretty dang influential. Now, this isn't an end-all, be-all list. This isn't like no. a top ten. This we're, is we're not experts. Well, and we I haven't. Am. Oh, 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 sorry, Craig. Sorry, I'm not an expert. I haven't played every video game out there. I also don't have a degree in video game ology, ology whatever. It's a, a master's. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no. It, it, this isn't you know necessarily like the the you know like the just the most defining of all influential games. But it is a list of games we wanted to chat about and, you know, kind of share our, our sort of our thoughts on the matter yeah. with. Uh, so some games, though, it almost goes without saying. Yes. You know, things like Space War, the very first video game ever made. Right. Uh, Pong, Pac-Man, uh, even to, to you know, the, the extent of, like, Mario Brothers and, like, Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Like, some of these games, they almost just go without saying. Yeah. You know, now... There is one thing I I did want to point out though, like when it comes to like Mario Brothers, like yeah, it, it defined the genre, and you know everybody knows Mario Brothers, you know. But honestly, one of the things I think that like sort of is like key is the music to Mario, like the theme to Mario Brothers is known by even people who don't play video games. Yeah, it's just that well known. There's just something about it, and it's just so catchy and simple. And I figured, you know what? Let's get it stuck in your heads, too. Here's Koji Kondo's main theme to Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) 
feel like Koji Kondo was like, it was almost as if he was like digging in the backyard for just rocks. <laughs> okay. Thought he found gold, tapped his hammer on it, and it was a diamond underneath. Like, it's just, <laughs> he, he... He just he hit it so big with this theme because it's so simple, but it's so wonderful and fun and upbeat and charming and exciting. And it's everybody knows it, you know, like you I feel like you could play this song for like anybody and people are going to be like, oh, that's like the Mario music, right? You know, so. So we don't want to dwell too long on things like Mario Brothers, you know, because we, you know, we totally know it. But there's. Just, I mean, like certain things like that, it's just, you know, it just defies genre, defies the industry even. Yeah, the game, the the music, but also that game itself, Mm -hmm. platformers. Yeah. That created platformers, basically. Pretty much. I mean, the only other one I could think of would be like Pitfall. And it's not nearly as good. Oh, God, no. No, you know, it it, it pales in comparison. And so, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that they're... Like genre defying, or maybe not even genre defi- uh, defying, but genre defining games. Like there's yeah. no platformer that comes out where people don't be like, or people aren't like, hey, yeah, but like, I mean, is it as good as Mario? Right. Yeah, they compare it to that all the time. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't matter what game it is. If it, even if it's like an adventure game, and that person doesn't know that that specific difference, mm. or if it seems like a platformer. They're going to compare it to that. Absolutely. Same thing with Metroid. I think a Metroid is another big one. It's a different style of platformer, mm-hmm. but it's another defining game where that and Castlevania really created that free-flowing platform adventure game. Absolutely. In fact, uh, I mean, Castlevania pretty much kind of ganked the idea from Metroid, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Me- Metroid's another one, I think, that, I, uh, you know, it just sort of... I don't know it, it 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 yeah it's it's a platformer kind of like Mario but you know it's kind of like Contra but yeah. you know but it 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 essentially like made this giant world you can explore and you go to one area and then you can't go any further and you have to go back and you find a new weapon you then go back to that spot and so like you know the kids back in the 80s that were playing this were drawing out their own maps and like trying to like remember all this mm-hmm. stuff and like well, there's all these hidden power ups hidden bombs like mm-hmm. things that like you don't know they're there until you literally shoot everything. Yeah, absolutely. It's so explorative, you know, and uh, uh, and the game itself is kind of creepy and unnerving. Mm-hmm. Like the music, it, it's so, so heavily based on... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Ridley Scott's Alien yes. movie. You know the 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 fact that uh, there are all these monsters that are really dangerous here. Yeah, Samus can kind of handle them. I mean, you know, for the most part, you know, she can fight most monsters mm-hmm. without any trouble. But like. But it, there's so much isolation to the game. It's just yes. so... It's, it's very cold. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, now, the now we've chatted a bit about platformers here. Yeah, we're going to jump around probably. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm not on purpose. It's just it's when these thoughts come to us based uh-huh. on what we're discussing. But uh, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, uh, if we want to uh, jump ahead a bit, uh, I, I think a, a really big game... And and I realized that we you know we're like oh yeah yeah Mario goes without saying, but Mario sixty four mm-hmm. it came out and then every single game that was coming out at the time stopped and they had to think like oh is our three D platformer as good as Mario sixty four right what oh and they weren't and they weren't it totally totally revolutionized 
uh, you know, 3D platforming. And and I mean, because, you know, games before... Mario 64 wasn't the first 3D platformer by any means. No. But all the ones that came before it weren't as good. It's it's strange to think that a series as Mario could help define uh, other games by reinventing itself. Mm-hmm. Do you know what game was coming out at around the same time as uh, Mario 64? Bubsy 3D. <laughs> Your favorite game. Right? I want you to think about that. Bubsy 3D is like hailed as like one of the worst games of all time. And when you see gameplay of it, yeah, it's it's terrible. And you got and you think like these guys working on this game were like, yeah, okay, this is all right. This will get a pass. And then Mario 64 came out. And they're like, oh crap. Right? Like how 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 low do you have to feel to like make Bubsy 3D and think to yourself, "Yeah, it's all right. This this will be okay." Well, you know, some people will buy this, and then Mario 64 is out, and you just look at it and you're just like, "Oh wow, yeah, this is actually good." <laughs> oh, oh wow, they yeah. put they put effort into this. Yup. Oops. Right? It's crazy, you know, and and. I think yeah okay it's 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 another Mario game on a list and it's you know revolutionary and everyone loves it because it's Mario, but really if you look at so many of those other 3D platformers of the era, they just it just doesn't hold up you know even and you got to think like how bad would you feel if you had made like you know a 3D platformer and it released like right before Mario 64 and you're like yeah. ours is okay and then Mario 64 comes out and you're like. Ours oh, is bad. yeah, we didn't do good. Oh, man. Like, how crappy would that be? It it was, I think it was probably the only reason why the N64 was so successful. That and uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I mean, there you got to think, the, the Nintendo 64 had some solid games on it, but it didn't have but, any really third-party support. No, it, it did not have a large library. Nah, not um, compared to a lot of other game libraries out there, that's and, for sure. And it was primarily the 3D system. That's why people wanted games on it was a 3d world and a lot of the games weren't that good at 3d worlds Mm-mm. um you had killers like uh golden yep um i would say even say donkey kong uh country even though it's not a 3d world it was a solid platformer or uh, i'm not sorry not to, i'm sorry i'm thinking of super nintendo um uh what, what was the donkey kong um, donkey kong 64 donkey kong 64 sorry or banjo kazooie uh, or banjo kazooie um those games, mm-hmm. another 3D world environment, but then like you know, Diddy Kong Racing, <laughs> not that great of a game. No, it's Mario really Kart not. 64 though, solid, pretty awesome yeah. game. Yeah, awesome game. Um, well, I think another thing too about the Nintendo 64, which I mean, it doesn't make it a a, a video game that's influential, but I mean, you got to think like Sony had like two controller ports. Yep. Sega Saturn had like two controller ports. And then Nintendo 64 came out with four, and it's like the party game system mm-hmm. because of it, you know? Like, yeah, you could get multi-taps and stuff, but so many games didn't... Well, that, that they didn't think about that. Like, why would they ever think about, oh, they're going to get this peripheral device to extend to four controllers, yeah, so, so we're going to make a four-player mode in there? No. Yeah, not, not many games took advantage of that. Like, you know, so like Sony probably had a few, I'm sure, maybe even a lot, but like... It wasn't the highlights of their games because it was only two controller ports. Mm-hmm. But like GoldenEye was a big party game because there were four players. Mario Kart 64. Mario Party. Mario Party, exactly. These you know, 3D Mario titles, unfortunately, kind of defined that system. Yeah, they really did. You know, and uh, and so yeah, absolutely. I I think that uh, uh, 
you know, Mario 64 gets a lot, should get a lot of credit because Nintendo really, like, you know, the jump to 3D for them was fluid. Mm-hmm. It was it was a thing of beauty, you know. And even if you look back at Mario 64 and you think, like, well, the camera wasn't that great, and like, oh, the yeah, graphics you, aren't all that special. But, but you're like, looking at a lens from the future. Right. If you're looking at it in the moment, from the jump from a 2D platformer to a 3D adventure game mm-hmm. that was unlike anything they've done before, it was almost as if they knew already the future. Yeah. That like this, oh, this is what we're gonna make. I, I mentioned it on this show before in previous episodes, but when I first played Mario 64 as a kid, I re- distinctly remember telling my mother, there's never going to be a better a video game system than this. How could they possibly make the graphics better? Yep. And then they did a lot of times over, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think Mario 64 deserves a lot of credit. And uh, sticking in the Nintendo route, I kind of want to jump back in time here and yeah. mention The Legend of Zelda. Um, to me, that was a defining game because it was this overworld adventure game. Um, but it was one of those first games where you had save progression. Yeah. Uh, that you, you progressed in the story. Yeah. You saved, you beat a dungeon, and you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to save. I'm going to turn this off. I think it might be the first American game that had a save feature. Maybe. I, I don't know for sure. But like that that was crazy at the time. Like, Absolutely. Oh, the game has built-in memory. I don't have to keep replaying this over and over again. Oh, I died. I don't have to start over in the beginning. I just start from where my last save was. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. It's crazy to think that the game, like games before that, you know, were, it's not like they were all short, but this was a game that was so long mm-hmm. that they had to come up with a way to make it so that you could continue your progress without passwords that were like pages and pages long. Right. And you have these so many items to get upgrades, mm-hmm. secret areas. Yep. The That game it created the adventure genre, in my opinion. I think it did. I think that it had a huge hand in it. And I mean, you know, there were also PC games, you know, that did similar type stuff. Like Ultima. Yeah, um, which we'll get to that in a little bit, yeah. you know, here in a, a bit. But uh, but to focus on Legend of Zelda, I mean, yeah, it, it's just they like all aspects of the game really just like really define that adventure Genre, and uh, I know you, uh, Chops, wanted to play a little bit yeah. of the theme, and I think it's a super fitting adventure theme for us. So go, so go ahead and play Koji Kondo's uh, Overworld for Legend of Zelda. Miyamoto, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, who who made Legend of Zelda and Mario, uh, has said that his his inspiration for the Legend of Zelda was like wandering around the like forests around his home as a child, mm-hmm. and like just wandering around and getting into adventures and stuff that way. And in it's sort of like a kind of a cute and charming uh, explanation for like how he came up with the game, but like, but yeah, good lord, it it. Like 
all other adventure games after this, much like the original Mario Brothers, look back and they think like, okay, well, we we made this adventure game. How how, how is it better than Zelda? Like, yeah, you right. know, it, it, how is it like Zelda? How is it a little different than Zelda? Will people be okay with the fact it's different than Zelda? Right. You know, pe- you know, game makers now have to like use this as the bar, and that's kind of crazy. It's great. You know, in the in the music is is wonderful. It gets you into the game. The sound effects, the the way you function in the world, mm-hmm. like oh, I'm gonna burn this bush here. Oh my god, there's a secret underneath that. Right? There's just so much stuff to the game. <laughs> you know, you 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 know you bump into a statue and it tries to attack you, yeah. and then you think, well, I'm never touching another statue again. But there's secrets hidden under some of those statues, yeah. caves and stuff, you know. So, I mean, you it's just such an engrossing game that, yeah, you, you can look at a walkthrough and a guide and you can just blitz through the game in, I don't know, maybe a few hours, you know, not very long. But if you want to, you know, have the experience yourself, you just sort of wander around. Well, if you want those items, those yeah. progressions, like, oh, I can get a blue tunic, a red tunic, I can get a new shield, I can get... Ice. I can get fire. I can get silver arrows. Two like, better swords. Like it's there's this item hunt in the game mm-hmm. that just makes it so much more worth it to beat it. Yeah. Oh, like eight, slowly. I mean, yeah. It's just I, I love mm-hmm. this game, and it, to me, yeah, it defined every adventure game that I look at these days. Like, okay, well, am I gonna get the same feeling as I did when I played this game with my brother uh-huh. and my dad, you know, filling in parts on the map that came with the game on where dungeons were. Uh-huh. You know, like it's 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 an experience I don't think, I think people forget because these days how in-depth adventure games are yeah. and how much resources there are out there, how, you know, simple an adventure game can be and still be amazing. Here's a real old man opinion. Are you ready for this? Okay. The internet has ruined video games. Yes, they have. I love the internet. Everybody does. Nobody doesn't use it unless you're living under a rock. But man, I, I just feel like, you know, certain games, you know, like Legend of Zelda and stuff, you know, like all these old classic adventure games, y- y- you know, you get stuck, you get frustrated, and you're just like, ah, oh, whatever, I'm just looking online. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I mean, I, I guess I, I guess I don't blame people for doing that. You don't want to be frustrated. You don't like that feeling. But like... It's about overcoming that. Well, when we were kids, we we had a few options. We waited until a Nintendo Power came out, hopefully with the answer we wanted. We called the hotline yeah, for like seventeen dollars oh a minute. Uh, and uh, and aside from that, you you talked to your friends. You brain powered it. Yeah, you know, you, you all tried something. Yep. And then when one person figured it out. You told the other friend, and they're like, yeah. "This is how it goes. This is how you do it." Oh my gosh! Okay, and you're on the phone telling them. They're like, "I gotta go. Gotta go try it." Yep. And then it happens, and then the next stage, you do it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I realize how you know crotchety that sounds. Like, eh, the internet has ruined everything. But it'll kind of ruin, it you know, kind of yeah. ruin some adventure game aspects. And don't be wrong. I think that, like, you know, like, uh, like Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. It's a newer game, so we're not gonna dwell on it too long. But like, it came out, and it was so new that like. There was nothing on the internet for it. Yeah. You had to stumble through it yourself. Now, mind you, at this point, yeah, everything's on the internet and everyone knows, you know, to to look online and they can figure out what they what they need. But like when I was going through Breath of the Wild, 
I, I I just I was like chatted with a friend. I was like I told my buddy Sean who was playing. I was like Sean, I'm missing this many like shrines. I, I what am I gonna do? And he's like, oh I don't know. Like did you try this area? And it's like yes, I found that one. You know, so it's it's fun. You know, it's so so I think new games can get away with that. Mm-hmm. But once a game's been out for a little bit, then it's just all over. Yep. You know. But I. Uh, Aside from adventure games, there's a ton of different genres out there uh, that we haven't even just barely scratched the surface on. Mm-hmm. What What's the next genre you want to touch on, uh, Chops? Um, I guess let's let's I'll try to stick as time progressive as possible without jumping too far ahead. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to talk about. Let's see here. I'm looking through my list. Yeah, might as well go into it. Role playing games. Um, we talk about them a lot. We do talk about them a lot. It's good to get it out of the way now because if we don't, <laughs> we'll just keep talking about it. Um, I would say for me, aside from Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. being an, an amazingly defining role-playing game, mm-hmm. uh, and we talked about once uh, on a previous episode where I quizzed you guys, Fantasy Star, oh, yeah. being another hugely popular defining role-playing futuristic, game. Uh, futuristic. Futuristic. Female RPG. protagonist. Pretty great. Um some big ones for me would be mm-hmm. Pokemon. Oh yeah, Diablo. Diablo is a game I never really got into, but I totally get that it was really influential. And then I also put down Final Fantasy VII. So, so I don't know which one do you want to hit on first. I'm gonna go even further in the past. Okay, and I'm gonna throw out uh, the original Dragon Quest. Okay, all right. So real quick, uh, just as a, a quick highlight to that. So Dragon Quest took the ideas of Ultima and Wizardry, which mm-hmm. were even older RPG games, spliced them together RPG to make... Games. Spliced them to make RPG games. <laughs> game games. Uh, and they spliced them together to make what's now known as the JRPG formula. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so the Dragon Quest series is, is just a juggernaut in Japan. Uh but really, it paved the way for Pokemon and Final Fantasy and, you know, all these other games uh, to be popular. Now, Pokemon, I think, is really an important one. Yes. Because I think that it really opened up the RPG formula to younger people. It did. It was weird. It, it And as dystopian of a storyline as it is. <laughs> Only if, if you, you really think if about you it. If you really think about it, the fact that there's just children, no adults, and they're fighting with monsters. And well, they're adults. They're just, you know, um, they also fight children. Yeah, whatever. Um, and there's gangs and, like, really strange <laughs> stuff. Anyways, uh-huh. there's this, instead of taking your typical sword and shield magic users... You have monsters that have personalities that have their own physical attributes yep. that affect what they can do and how they do it, and then you collect them. Uh-huh. Like you literally capture these creatures; they become your your friends, quote unquote, and you use them to battle and, and gain fame. Like that style of gameplay, I don't think uh, there was much out there other than. I don't think there's anything out there like that, actually. Uh, it's certainly not at the time when Pokemon was coming out, was there? Like, nowadays, no. I think there's more stuff like it. You know, you it, have but, Monster uh, Rancher, you sure, have Digimon, yeah. right. you have your your st- typical games like that. But this was something that, one, it was cute and fluffy. Yep. Everybody went on to play. It was handheld. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the places you can play it was everywhere, yeah. and anybody could see it. And then it was compelling. 
it, there was mm-hmm. strategy. There was an element into it where you didn't have to get that deep into it, but if you did, there was a whole new level of what your gameplay would be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really important thing that Pokemon shines in is, yeah, like the, the cursory game, the sort of surface level of the game is real simple. It's, you know, okay, kids go on an adventure, whatever. But as soon as you dive deeper in, <laughs> that's when the game really starts getting fun to somebody who's a little bit more on an advanced level. Right. And I don't mean to say that, that like, when I was a kid, I was on that advanced level. I, it was still surface level for me. Yeah. But, like, by the time I was, like, a, a young adult and, and even still to this day, I get all the new Pokemon games and I'm totally into the, like, battling aspect and, like, the training of the Pokemon to, like, make them the best they can be in mm-hmm. the move sets and yada yada. But, I mean, the the basic premise of Pokemon is it's rock, scissor, paper. Yeah. That's all. It's it's stinking rock, scissor, paper, advanced to a, the nth degree, and it's, you know, you know, water beats fire. Grass beats water. Fire beats grass. And, like, and, but then you have multiple typings, so you'll have, like, you know, I, I, you know, a rock electric Pokemon, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, my water attack will, will do okay, but the you know this attack won't, and and ground will do twice as much damage now because of the combo, and right. you know it's just crazy, you know it's it's in it's a really really crazy thing, and I mean, Pokemon is kind of interesting because it's sort of what each user makes it, mm-hmm. you know, you like I mean at the the surface level. It's yeah, it's like a collectathon, and let's face it, kids like collecting things. Whether it's like you know, like going out into the the uh, you know the streets and collecting like bugs or whatever. Yeah, or getting rocks. Yeah, co- or collecting rocks, cards, cards. Yeah, know? collectible cards. Exactly. So like the there's that formula to it, but like I don't know. For me in Pokemon over the years, it was sort of like efficiency. Kind of yeah, it was. But it was to to top it off though, like to me. I really like the aesthetic of like the really scary looking Pokemon. Oh yeah. So like for me, like yeah, okay, I could have like a really effective Pokemon in like Chansey, the the pink puffball of a mm-hmm. Pokemon that's not quite as puffy as Jigglypuff, but like you know it's got a ton of HP and that's its whole shtick and it's great to use in battle. But I look at it and I felt I think oh that's not scary enough. I want something scary. I want something that looks threatening. You pull out a Gengar. Yeah, I, I want a team that like if I was a look if I was in that world and I threw out all my Pokemon and all of them standing behind me would be huge and monstrous and scary and dragon like, and I'm just like yeah what up, you know that's what I want from that mm-hmm. game. You know that's what I'm always looking for in the games. So yeah, I, I think that uh, Pokemon was was a really big one though. And I'm trying to find a song here just to mm-hmm. play. I think I want to do the title screen. Let me see. <laughs> yeah, Let me absolutely. See Go ahead and give that a listen. Too in its influence is the anime version of Pokemon. Yep, still goes on today. Oh yeah, they just relaunched the first movie. Oh yeah, they did a reboot of the first movie. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, a reboot of the beginning of the series in, 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 in a, a movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's all in all Pokemon. It, like was real crazy. You know it, how big it's it got. A, it was a craze. 
and it's still big. It's still big, yeah. Heck, uh, what was it? Uh, a year or so ago was Pokemon Go. Yeah, you know, came out and people were freaking out about that. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's an adventure game. It's a role playing game. It's a collecting game. It's a puzzle game. It's, it's w- whatever. Yeah, it's, it's what really you want to make of it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, did you want to talk about anything else in like a role playing category? Final well, Fantasy Seven. Yeah. So Final Fantasy Seven. I. I. A part of me wants to be like, no, chop, shut up. You're wrong because Final Fantasy Seven is like so late. No. The, yeah. You know. I, I want to be wrong about it too, <laughs> but it's I can't. But no, it's the, what it is. Yeah. The the thing is is and we mentioned it a bit on the the Final Fantasy Seven episode we did is. Final Fantasy VII made RPGs popular for people who weren't even into RPGs. Mm-hmm. It was this like cinematic experience, you know. It was it was huge, and like they spun off and made tons of other games. A movie. There's a Final Fantasy VII movie. Oh, uh, there is there two movies or just one? I think well, th- there is another Final Fantasy movie, but that's the Spirits Within, which is unrelated. Oh, and then okay. there's Advent Children, which is like just this crazy, oh, know, yeah, man. you know. And, and it's yeah, it's. I mean, a part of me wants to like hate on Final Fantasy Seven, but like, y- you kind of can't when it comes to its influence. Yeah, you know, it, it's it really really defined RPGs. It made it so that the s- stoic jerk protagonist was like a huge thing for the next like five to ten years you know future apocalyptic worlds Mm -hmm. um giant weapons with small people like mechs flying machines Mm -hmm. weird magic and science mixtures like there's so many tropes from it that I'm sure that I'm sure all these games that we're talking about came from movies and also came from novels. Sure, I mean, heck, and everything. Final Fantasy had airships before Final Fantasy Seven right. did, you know. But I mean, it had magic beforehand, yada yada. But Seven is what got it real popular. Yep, yep. So it's it really really takes it to another level because of that. And don't be wrong, like to me, Final Fantasy Six is the greatest Final Fantasy game. To me, it's probably the greatest RPG of all time. To me, it's one of the just my favorite games of all time. But nobody knows Final Fantasy VI like they know Seven. No, you know, there's not as much nostalgia because like so many people got latched onto Seven, and that's when Final Fantasy began to that. Yep, yep. And it's crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've chatted a bit about RPGs, about you know platformers and stuff. I, I'd actually like to talk about a, uh, a not a more recent sports game, but compared to the the timeline that we work with with Legend of Retro, it's sort of in the middling ground, I think, you know, towards the end. Okay. Wii Sports. Uh, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. Hey, don't be wrong. A part of me wants to just be like, yeah, okay, whatever. The Wii was, you know, kind of hokey. But it, everybody had a it, Wii. It's funny, when you consider influential sports games, you have Tecmo Super Bowl, yep. and Wii Sports are in the same category. Mm-hmm. And it's... The weirdest thing to say Yeah, kind of. Because you have, on one hand, you have a game that, Tecmo, where it started using actual licensed teams and players Mm -hmm. for the first time ever. Yeah. And then you have Wii Sports, (laughs) which the reason why it's so influential is because it made sports games... Like applicable to everybody. It was motion controlled. Yeah, it was the most simplified versions of specific sports, but it made it so that you have a family that wants to go bowling. Well, I don't. We got to get the kids together. We got to go rent shoes. We have to get balls. Uh We have to make sure everybody's out. Oh, do we eat beforehand? Do we eat at the bowling alley? 
Now you have, let's go bowling, and we're bowling on our television pretty much the same way you bowl in a bowling alley. Yeah. Like, family fun sports times is now in the home. Yeah. And it's crazy. It, yeah, it really was. And and it's funny because, like, I, I remember, like, you know, we sports, it wasn't just, like, you know, the kids playing it. It was the adults playing it. It was like grandparents it playing was everybody. it. Everybody, everybody got into it. Like, and so many people bought a Wii because of it. I yeah. mean, that Christmas the Wii came out. It was the number one present. It was so hard to find, and like in by the end of the Wii's life cycle, everybody had one. Yeah, there was like nobody who didn't have one. Right. It was insane, and I think that Wii Sports was a wonderful way of them getting the the beauty of the Wii across everybody because it's super simplified like you said but it's super accessible Mm -hmm. and all the other video game companies everybody blew Nintendo off everyone thought it was hokey and dumb it wasn't going to last and then PlayStation came out with the PlayStation Move and then Xbox came out with the Xbox Connect and they just they were like yeah no I mean you know we, we thought it was a cool idea the whole time and like Nintendo's yeah, just like, working ah, on it forever. yeah, yeah, yeah right. I'm sure, you know, they were all thought Nintendo was crazy. And those who didn't think Nintendo was crazy were still not crazy enough to try it themselves. Mm-hmm. And it worked. The Wii was a huge success. They sold so many Wiis. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot of shovelware on the Nintendo Wii. Oh, there's Wii. a lot of shovelware. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of, of crap. crap on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you got this game with it yep. called Wii Sports, mm-hmm. and that the majority of the people, when the system came out, bought it just for that. A lot of people had a Wii with Wii Sports, and that was probably it. Yeah. Maybe like one of the shooting games, like Maybe. the like the buck hunting kind of you know games that they and came the out Mario with. the Mario game when it came out, like your, your yep. typical games. Nobody, I mean, I would say nobody at the time was like, man, I can't wait for the third party games for this. Yeah, no. Nobody was saying that. No. Like, no, give me more motion control games. Give me more games like Wii Sports. Wii Sports 2 came out for it, for God's sake. Wii you know? Play uh, was like, another Nintendo game. It was just so much. It, it's weird that it's, it. <laughs> it's not weird. It, it's easy. It, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But it's just, it's funny to, to put that in the same category of, like I said, Tecmo. Like, that's that's nuts. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at it as, like, you know, a game, I think Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Super Bowl are better. It's a better game. Yeah. It's a really good game. It holds up to this day. Mm-hmm. But Wii Sports is still in that category. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on from sports because I don't like sports. Well, hold on. Oh, you want to mention more about sports? Well, I was just going to say, I, I, I appreciated you bringing up the the fact that like licensed games yeah. or, or the, the, the athletes themselves were licensed into the game mm-hmm. because like you have NBA Jam, which is an amazing basketball game. Yeah. But a big part of the fun of that is like you get the players themselves. Right. You know, like that was a huge deal. You know, I mean, like I, I stopped being into sports or, or at least being competent in sports knowledge after like the early 90s right that bottomed out after then but uh but no like even when i go back to play uh you know like nba jam or something it's so fun having those players or like going to tecmo bowl or tecmo super bowl and having like bo jackson and stuff it's joe montana right it's crazy it's so fun and it's so cool and it's such a a wonderful little window into that little era uh era 
and uh, and yeah, I I, th- I think that the the sports games like that really deserve a lot well, of credit. And like NHL '94, bring mm-hmm. popularity to hockey like yep. really easily. '97, another really good one. Yeah. There were some classic games in there that um, helped define it, but I think Tecmo was kind of when it was the first licensing of those mm-hmm. character or those people and those teams. Yeah. Kind of opened up the whole new bag for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I definitely agree. I think that uh, having the the players themselves really brought a new dimension. And I mean, the gameplay itself is so good that like you know, like even if they weren't in it, it's still a good game. Yeah, it's just a lot more fun because of that. Yeah, you know. But I you know, like you said, you're you're not huge into sports games, so we can go ahead and jump off to another uh, uh, genre there. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about adventure, but more like. Like, so I want to mention King's Quest. Oh, like the uh, the the uh, retro style, like type, uh, uh, like not typing adventure games. Not typing. How would I put it? it Uh, It's not like a point and click adventure. I. How would you even define text based text based adventure? Yes, thank you. Yes, text based adventure games. So I kind of want to compare those and Diablo together a little bit. Um, Specifically, though, for King's Quest. it created like it had your text based games mm-hmm. before it. Yeah. Like Zork and whatever. But King's Quest created an actual world for you to see your character go through. Yeah. It was not pretty. It was very <laughs> rudimentary. But it took that point and click and gave it a visual instead of your imagination. Yeah. Which is like the beginning of your dungeon crawler. So like mm-hmm. Diablo was super early, super heavily influenced by that. Even like um, your role playing games that you have these days are he- influenced by those because it's yeah. kind of like the first beginning of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but King's Quest itself, and I never played a lot. I haven't played a lot of King's Quest just because it's hard to really get into those well, unless you've grown up with them and they're so nitpicky it's like you, you yes. need to have the fishing hook to do this and then you know once you get the key from like that you use the fishing hook to pick up then you gotta open this door but mm-hmm. to get to that door you need this item and you know it's i mean i i see the charm of them but it's it's hard to just mm-hmm. like especially the older ones to sit down and just be like time to play king's quest three right right you know like i feel like there's a certain hilarity to like those older games you know like the just the humor of them i, I think it's maybe king's quest four or five you see a lot of videos online you know right. like reviewers making fun of it just because it's such a funny kind of goofy game there's a lot of weirdness to them yeah but the biggest thing about them also is storytelling mm-hmm. so like monkey island for example is oh, an yeah. amazing point and click game i don't think would ever have the pop Popularity if you didn't have that King's Quest come out because it it improved on the concepts of point and click, yeah. but it focused on story mm-hmm. and storytelling. Now we have this new way to tell story through the graphics, through the characters and dialogue. Yeah. So like you get a lot of your your meat and potatoes of games from these early adventure point and click games because that's what they relied on. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally I totally agree with that. I think that uh, uh, you know games like that that made that switch from the text-based adventure where it's just like I mean there like there were some really early really crappy text-based adventures yeah. that are no graphics it's just like you're in a room like what would you like to do <laughs> you're in a cave with many winding paths that look exactly the same it's like oh goody oh great yeah. I'll choose the path that looks like it's on the left <laughs> You go like, and then the game like, it, like because the game's so finicky, it's like, like what is left? It's like go uh, left, go and it's left. like you go left. And right. It's like why didn't you just do that in the first place? It's <laughs> stupid. I, I actually, I the only text-based adventure game, uh, that I went through 
was uh, like the whole thing. The whole thing was the Trogdor. Oh, oh okay, quest yeah, I've done that. Homestarrunner.com. That is the only one I've done, and it was a lot of fun. It was. I mean, it's goofy and dumb because it's Homestar Runner, and right? It's, you know, like for those of you who don't know, it's this weird flash animation website that has all these goofy it's cartoons on it. It is. It's still there. It's still kind of funny. Yeah. It's still okay. It's dated it's a, a little, little bit, yeah. but it's funny. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was like the only one I ever really went through, but I also never really had a PC when I was growing up. Oh, okay. I had one only when I hit like middle school, you know? So, I, so yeah, no, I, I, I think that uh, uh, adventures like that are great. And I think Diablo on its own kind of deserves a, some merit. As a dungeon crawler game, you know, procedurally generated, or not procedurally, is that what it is? Oh, uh, whether it's random? random? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it's a different dungeon each time. Yep. You have items that you can find, but it's a percentage chance to get them. You have thousands of enemies and throughout the whole game that you're fighting and these really dark, compelling storylines of these creepy characters. Mm-hmm. You're literally fighting the devil himself. <laughs> yeah, um, you are. I. It's so fun, too. Well, I, I think that D- Diablo deserves a lot of credit, kind of like some of the other games we've talked about where, like, if you're making a dungeon crawler game, you, you ask, how is this like Diablo? Right, exactly. How, how am I making this like Diablo so that it's fun but different enough that they don't think I'm copying it? Right. You know, so I, I think Diablo deserves tons of credit because even though I've never been that huge into Diablo, I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's this addictive game. I mean, heck, uh, a, a buddy of mine, uh, Tan's, uh, who you've met before? Yeah. I uh, he he. I think it was he, his brother, and his dad would just like play the game for like hours and hours <laughs> and hours, and it was just them getting treasure. And yeah, that's, that's all it. it is. Yeah, it's just. And I mean, let's face it. You know, yeah, okay, it's it's a dark kind of story, but like. Are you really playing Diablo for the story? Is it the plot that's drawing no, you in, or no. is it the loot? It's the loot, and it's the killing of tons of creatures. Yep. Mm-hmm. And honestly. That's good enough. Yeah. You don't uh, like always need a dark, crazy, huge, grand, epic, no, compelling plot. No, no. Sometimes you just want to kill monsters and steal their treasure. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I play Dungeons and Dragons. I thought you liked the plot. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, what about you? What's a what's a topic that you or game genre, I guess? So here's a genre that I actually am not very familiar with, but I kind of familiar with only because I watched my friends play. Resident Evil. Yes, horror games. Survival horror. Horror in general. Survival horror in, in particular for Resident Evil. I didn't really get into the genre, honestly. It just never really appealed to me. But like I watched my friends play and like, yeah, no, the I think Resident Evil, it almost goes without saying, is the reason why horror games hit it big. Yeah, it, I would say it became popularized with it. Alone yeah. in the Dark was one of the earlier ster- series for horror survival, but yeah. it was very rudimentary, yeah. you know, spooky rats, um, like just real basic stuff. Yeah. But for Resident Evil, like, it, it put story to a horror game, which, like, of the time that the game came out, like, horror movies, mm-hmm. they weren't the best in story game stories. Uh, True. There's, there was a lot of, uh, oh, I'm going to go watch this horror movie for the frights, the blood, and then, like, the gore, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, like, throughout, and, and I mean, this is Legend of Retro. This is yes. not us being movie buffs by no, any means. No. But, like, I mean, when I think of great horror movies, I think of, like, The Shining, Psycho. I think of uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. But, I mean, 
compared to the immense amount of horror movies. Oh, that's not nearly what they are. It's, it's the smallest Friday percentage. Friday the 13th movies, uh, Halloween, Freddy Krueger, like all of these slasher movies. Yeah. And what Resident Evil did was it took the popularity of slasher and gore, mm-hmm. but then struck it with those great story-driven movies like Shining, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. On a system that was very popular at the time. Yeah, PlayStation was hitting it big. And I honestly, I think Resident Evil is another big reason why oh, yeah. it started hitting it even bigger because like people had to have Resident Evil. Like once they heard about it, they needed it. And it, it was hugely popular. Huge. Yep. And it's. It's only gotten better. I mean, to a point, I guess. Uh, I think Resident Evil Five is where it capped out for me as my my absolute favorite. Or my, I'm sorry, Four was my absolute favorite, but Five was a lot of fun for co-op. Uh, that's right. Because I was gonna say, I heard Four was like the best for everybody, yes. and then they started to dip a bit after that. Yeah, they did. which is a shame. I mean, but you know, I mean, they're still pumping out the Resident Evil games. I know they had one even fairly recently, uh, Seven, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was like a it's like a rehash of the original style. So you're in a spooky house, it's more survival horror, oh, that's of cool. action horror kind of game. Yeah. Um but I mean it's also as terrible as I want to admit this, it's spawned the most successful video game movie genre to date. The Resident Evil movies? I mean, I can't think of any other more successful video game genres, movies out there. Uh, I Series. wish there was, because I've heard those movies are terrible. They're okay, but like, there's got to be something to the game series if it's got to still, they're still turning out movies for it. There's a You're following of people who want to just watch random Resident Evil movies that have nothing to do with the game just because it's a Resident Evil. So, I mean, Xander loves Resident Evil. Yes, he does. He, he's a big fan. He would probably have a lot more to say in this than we would. But absolutely, I, I think he would. But uh, but he's not here to huge. join us right no. now. So, so you know, sucks to be him. him. Oh, hey, <laughs> look at that. We're twins. <laughs> Twinsies. So, I I know that you wanted to uh, at least briefly touch on puzzle games. Is that right, yes. Taps? Yes, 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 yes. Puzzle games. So, um. Part of adventure games is puzzles. Mm-hmm. King's Quest had a lot of puzzles in it. Um, another game that I thought was huge on puzzles was Myst. That was a very good defining game. Oh, it yeah. kind of solidified CD-ROMs. Um, because the popularity of Myst being a CD-ROM PC game, like it it sold so many copies that it helped keep CDs alive. <laughs> like, wow. It, it, it brought it into the whole world of everybody. I mean, Myst is also on... Um, PlayStation. It's also it's on the PC. I think it was on Sega CD. I knew it was on um, PC. I didn't. I wasn't aware it was also on PlayStation. I think it was on. Well, Riven was on PlayStation. I think Miss was also on PlayStation. Okay. Riven's a sequel to it. I got gotcha. But as far as puzzle games go, that game defined the non-linear path. Yeah. So. In the game, have you played it much? I honestly haven't. I I. I I like I said I never had a PC growing up. Uh-huh. Uh, my buddy Tans, uh, I think it was like his dad was really into Mist. He said, "Yeah." Uh, but uh, but honestly, no. I myself have never really played it. So for Mist, you're finally finding pages of this book, mm-hmm. and what happens is you use books to travel to these different worlds. Oh, and there's different puzzles in these these worlds, but there's a hub world that holds these books, and there's these two brothers who the dad has kind of created this. Uh, ability to, or found this ability to travel mm-hmm. through these worlds. These two brothers are sealed in these books, in a red book and a blue book. Okay. And they want you to find the pages of the book so they can get out. Oh. But you don't know which one's the good one, which one's the bad one. Oh. So you can help one 
and, or help the other. Or you can help neither of them. <laughs> or both you of can them? Or you can help, you can, uh, you can restore, I don't think you can restore both because as soon as you put the one in for the other, it, it kind of ends. I gotcha. Or you can, you find a hidden book and it's the dad's book. Like, there's so many paths you can follow in this game that they wow. don't tell you up front that there's so much to it that for puzzle games, it kind of, it paved a way for the non-linear or I guess that choose your style of play. Yeah. Um, because you don't know who's good. You don't know who's bad. You're just finding these pages and traveling these worlds and solving these puzzles because you're in this world too and you need to get out. Um, Interesting. So it, it's it's pretty cool how defining it is. Now, if we're going back in time, though, yeah. the only reason why these games came out is because it's Tetris. Yeah, I, 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 I would Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Tetris is the ultimate puzzle game. Uh, finding shapes that fit into other shapes. Like, that's, that's it. That's it. Complete the squares, complete the rows. I mean, and you you get points. Uh, yeah, like it was huge. It sold popular. the Game Boy. It sold it. It made yeah. the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And even though it was on Nintendo, majority of people like you would know played it in the Game Boy. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think the 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 it was a real system seller for the Game Boy, and I think a big part of that wasn't even people that were like into gaming. It was just no. people who were like, "Oh, Tetris is fun." Yeah, I want to kill time. I'm gonna play Tetris. Yeah, and so you have the song. Everybody knows it. I'm going to play it for us. It's just stuck in your head all day, all day. Every time you play the song or every time you play the game, you better be listening to the song. Uh, it is type A music or A type music in the Game Boy uh, version of Tetris. Mm-hmm. It's so great. It's it's yeah. It's a really solid composition. And like all the songs in the in the NES version, you know, like these Russian themes. Like, uh-huh. it's just so great. I love yeah. it. And, and I, I want to just say like, the biggest thing I remember from this era of games is the fact that I once heard someone say that the computing computing power in the Game Boy mm-hmm. was the same that they had on uh, at one point on the Russian space station. Wow. And like if you think about it, it was a game bo- it was a game in your hand. Yep. Like that's scary. It blows my mind. Wanna know uh, another weird little random side fact about Tetris? Yeah. The guy who created it never patented it yeah, or anything. I know. And so yeah, he like never got any money for it. Yeah, it sucks. That does. But like it's also a legacy for him, I guess. Yeah, he no, that's true. Take it as a great uh, I mean, that's I what he know. seems to when he brings it up in interviews and stuff. That's but, probably uh, because he's he. If he dwells on it too much, he won't be able to live with himself. That's probably right. I. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, we we've touched a, on a lot of different uh, uh, genres and everything here. Uh, I, I I definitely want to do a shout out to Street Fighter Two. Oh God, we'll definitely do that. Yeah, so Street Fighter One is garbage. Oh, it's hot garbage. Street Fighter One is so bad, and somehow Capcom, it's almost like just one of the most like revolutionary turns of a game series. 
It's insane. Street Fighter 2 is now what all like fighting games aspire to be yeah. and try to replicate. And and yeah, it, it's just crazy to think that like the first one was garbage. <laughs> it was, it's almost like the the recreation of Evil Dead uh, when they did Evil Dead, and then uh-huh. they did Evil Dead Two when they had money and like oh, I really liked Evil Dead, but Evil Dead Two is really good as well. Uh-huh. Um, but like they're basically the same movie. Street Fighter One, Street Fighter Two. They're pretty much the same. It's just one executed way better than the other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like I, I think the controller or controllers, the characters are a little more bland in the first one. Right. But I mean, by and by, I mean, it, it's just it's a bunch of people fighting. Yeah. It's not really anything. It, the, the same concepts are done in both games. But in number two, it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I, I love to play. Uh, Chops here is going to play us for his reuse theme from the original Street Fighter Two arcade. Uh, go ahead. Music's so exciting. It is. It's great. It's so good. And I, I believe I could be crazy, but I think the music was done by Yoko Shimomura for Street Fighter mm-hmm. 2. And uh and like it's all great. It's so good. And yeah, it's 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 another one of those games that like, you know, every fighting game after it was like, alright, so how are we gonna make this like Street Fighter? Yep. Like how are we gonna capitalize on their success? Like Mortal Kombat. Like yeah, they added the digitized actors and stuff, and yeah, but you know. that, did, that didn't even become a thing after the, after it became really popular. Mm-hmm. Like they went into you know 3D figures or whatever. Uh huh. But Street Fighter Two combos, unique characters, yeah. mm-hmm. these themes, yep. like the accessibility of it, but the unique like difficulty of it too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can jump into the game and kind of button mash. Like, when I was a kid and I couldn't pull off the moves, I always just chose Guile, jumped into battle, and just comboed my way to victory. Yeah. But, like, nowadays, it's like, well, okay, I'm a lot better at the game, so it's like I can, you know, combo reuse fireball into his dragon punch and, like, you know, do the moves and stuff. And, like, you know, yeah, it's it's just, uh, it's it's crazy, you know, that, uh, uh, like, Street Fighter 2, Capcom really just, you know, they they worked wonders for the fighting game mm-hmm. you know world. Now we would be remiss if we didn't talk about rhythm games. Rhythm games. Now now here's the thing. Like you know games like Guitar Hero, games like you know Rock Band were so phenomenally popular. But honestly, and I don't have anything to back this up, but I wouldn't be surprised if the game Parappa the Rapper had a hand in like the popularity of rhythm games. I think that it it really like even if it's more of a cult classic, I think that it, you know, it sort of almost wormed its way into the, like the conscious thought of gamers. Like, oh, okay, they're like rhythm games. You can like play music to these games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really had a, a big impact. 
I I will disagree with you in a second, but I want you to enjoy first the Parappa the Rappa <laughs> song that you want me to play. So so why don't you lead us in with this? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, the theme of uh, or the Chop Chop Master Onion stage from Parappa the Rapper, and I think Xander will get a kick on this out of this if he's listening. All in the mind. If you wanna test me, I'm sure you'll find me the things I'll teach you. Be sure to beat you. Nevertheless, you'll get a lesson from teacher. Now kick, kick, punch, punch, jump, tap, block, block. Once more, now kick, kick, punch, punch, jump, tap, and block, block. Don't get cocky, it's gonna get rocky. We're gonna move down to the next jockey now. So, Chop, do you say you disagree? I I do disagree. I think it is a popular game. Mm-hmm. I think it made PlayStation popular because of the rhythmness of it. Whatever. I don't know. I don't really like the game because I'm bad at it. But besides the point, um, I, I have no rhythm either. For the record, the I think that more influential games would be, um, oh, I've written down. Sorry, Guitar Freaks in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, was prior to Guitar Hero and all of them. It was like yeah. the first guitar rhythm game in the arcades. Oh, absolutely. I would agree. Super popular in Japan. Um, but I would say that one of the most defining rhythm-based games, as much as I don't want to admit it, is DDR. I'm really, really bad at DDR. And I, 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 I think that I agree to a certain extent. I think DDR it was a really, really big rhythm game. It got yeah. real popular, and it was really accessible. Like, obviously not for me, who has no rhythm. but uh, Or for those who have no legs. Or for those who have no legs. <laughs> I just got to bring it up because it's, it's morbid. You're not wrong. <laughs> I and that, was, that was very... I, I apologize. I'm sorry I'm laughing, and if anyone takes offense to it, I apologize. But... <laughs> Just to add, you know, it's not that accessible to some people. Touche. Touche. It's not, you're right. I, I apologize. I mean, you not can use that a D-pad accessible. on it if you wanted to in the, the console the version, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I think that it got real popular and I think it was really big. I, I just feel like Parappa the Rapper, while probably was not nearly as popular, <laughs> I think that it, like, it, you know, struck a chord and I think that it sort of, like, showed, like, hey, rhythm-based games are a thing like you can do that like because really what other rhythm-based games were there before then Uh, on a console on a console i can't think of anything nothing springs guitaru man was playstation 2 yeah that was later um fantavision is like a more kind of i don't know i think that's kind of a rhythm base but not really uh Uh, you know what fantavision no i'm not as familiar i'll tell you about it later oh sure um because I could be totally wrong, so I don't want to go into it. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't think of any other. No, that, other than Dance Dance Revolution 
and arcade arcade rhythm based games. That's really I think it's all you saw at the time because they required at the time a lot of movement, a lot of instruments, uh, peripherals, yeah, you know, peripherals, things yeah. that were costly and people really couldn't afford. But yeah, Parappa the Rapper kind of condensed that into simple button inputs at certain mm-hmm. times. It's basically just an awesome version of Simon Says. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, I I think that like you know I I agree. I think when it comes to the arcade scene, you had a lot more games out there like that. But I feel like a game like Parappa the Rapper sort of like was like, hey, look what you can do on the console. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can do stuff like this. And so I think games like that started to get a little bit more of a push. And then finally, it was just like, hey, yeah, why don't we just bring the peripherals to the home? Right. And boom, you know, it was like you know magic it was you know and i mean don't be wrong like i said i have no rhythm i have no talent for music <laughs> but i ha- i can't not acknowledge it you know uh, i mean i can't but that's just because <laughs> i like to upset xander um so uh, let's just do some quick mentions of some games and then we're gonna end it here because yeah we don't we can go forever on this honestly um yeah. so i'm gonna name a genre and you just kind of name the game that first comes to your head that you think would have influence on it okay so racing uh, racing, I think I'm going to put out Excite Bike. Okay. I think that it's it's really early. It's certainly not the most revolutionary, mm-hmm. but I think that it uh, had def- like you can make your own tracks and stuff. What do you have for racing? Uh, I had Mario Kart. The original Mario Kart? Yeah, and then I, I think also, that was pretty big. I also had Gran Turismo. Oh, yeah, Gran Turismo was like a was 3D real popular. racer. Yeah. Kind of helped define, you know, Forza and... Um, uh, burnout, all those kind of things. You know what? Another one, a big one, I think is is uh, it, it started in the arcade, but like Cruising World and Cruising yeah, USA. Cruisin is, yeah, Cruising USA for sure. Yeah. Oh man, I love that game. So I re- much. I really enjoyed it. I I mean, it like in hindsight, it's not anything that crazy, but no. like I think games like that, I uh, I uh, which those weren't the first by any means. So you know that that would require a little bit more research that I haven't done, unfortunately. But yeah, I think games like that, yeah, definitely struck a big. What, what's another genre we haven't touched on yet? Shooter. Goldeneye, okay. Goldeneye sixty four, the four, the the multiplayer mode. I think really, really pushed it. Don't be wrong. I think that like you know games like Battle, uh, what is it? Battle, uh, not Battlefield. Uh, Battlefront. Uh, Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. Co- uh, yeah, oh. Medal of Honor was really Call big. Of Duty. Call of Duty games like that. But I think like to the genre itself, I feel like gold, like Goldeneye hit. And then all of the shooters after that, where they were like, "Oh, well, we need multiplayer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't go do without multiplayer." Like, what shooters came out after GoldenEye that didn't have multiplayer? I don't know. I um, can't think of any besides Doom and oh, Doom Wolfenstein. and Wolfenstein. Yeah, of um, course. I would have to mention Halo. Halo was pretty big. It got real popular. Halo for sure, and then uh, Quake slash Unreal Tournament, which yeah. are PC based games. Um, it kind of helped create. The, that like I would say the gaming genre or the the sports genre for shooting, you know, competition yeah. and stuff. Esports, like that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, I I agree wholeheartedly, and and I I'm I feel bad that I didn't mention like uh, you know Wolfenstein and Doom because they were so big. Well, it's okay. It was just your first thought. First, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, as a quick funny side note, my uh, cousin and I used to play two player mode Wolfenstein. Oh yeah. That's not really a thing, no. if you're familiar. Basically, he would control the motion and I would control the shooting oh, or we'd reverse cool. it. Because we were really young at the yeah. time, you know. And so, yeah, he he had a PC that could uh, uh, actually had games on it. And so, yeah, it was it was sort of funny us sitting there in these, like, chairs. Like, sharing you know, sh- yeah, sharing the playthrough of Wolfenstein. That's funny. Yeah, so that's funny. Um, stealth. 
Metal Gear Solid. Yep. It, it, I mean, you you had games Spy like games, Siphon yeah. Filter, and you know, you, you had a fair amount of games like that. But Metal Gear Solid, and I mean, you know, there's even the original Metal Gear, but like Metal Gear Solid just stepped it up that notch, added a ton of story to it, and storytelling, like, cinematics, yeah, characters that were just weird, but so absorbed, like you were absorbed in it, and like collecting weapons, different ways you could beat the game, you could tranquilize people, you could kill them. Um, it was just, yeah. Colonel. <laughs> Snake. Snake. Yeah. Oh, the, I mean, like, I actually have never fully completed Metal Gear Solid. Oh, really? I, I think when I oh. borrowed it from a friend because I never owned it, I got to, like, Sniper Wolf. And I kept That's dying. That's, like, my favorite battle. It, it was it was cool, but I kept dying, and I kept getting frustrated, and I was finally just like, ah, whatever. I, I have every battle, like, vividly burned in my brain. From that game. I will say that the Psycho Mantis battle. Oh, yes. Look, I don't even know it. And I know that it's incredibly ridiculous. The fact that you had to, like, put your controller port into the second slot. Oh, yeah. And, like, Psycho Mantis would be like, you like Castlevania. Mm -hmm. And, like, totally new. Read your memory card. Yeah, read your memory card and stuff. Like, how creepy and great is that? Yeah. That's so good. I mean, even the fact that, like, you fight a Metal Gear. That's pretty cool. You fight a Metal Gear. That's with a cool. rocket launcher. That's pretty great. Yeah. Because the Metal Gear is the giant robot. Oh, right? it's a yeah, giant yeah. mech. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, Any genres we haven't touched on? I chops? don't think so. I, I feel like the only other ones I think of, you probably don't have a lot to say on, which would be strategy games, like strategy ones. Oh, like strategy or simulation ones. Simulations, I I never got into, but like there's the Sims. Sim civilization. Civilization was huge. Like I I don't for me strategy. I, I think of like the the uh, uh, like original uh, what's it called Command and Conquer. Uh, honestly, I think of turn-based stuff. So like oh, Fire Emblem. Oh, okay. I think of Fire Emblem. I think of oh, Final I didn't Fantasy think of it Tactics. That way. Okay, that's what I think of when I think of strategy games. But I will say Warcraft. Warcraft. Yeah. Oh my God, I loved Warcraft when I was young. When I when I finally got a PC, I uh, got Warcraft. Uh, Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2 together and the Tides of Darkness expansion Mm -hmm. and I played those so much and honestly a good chunk of the time playing it do you know what I was really doing? What? Clicking on the ogre and having him go you were ready master no we're not yes we are and like the two headed (laughs) ogres would argue with each other that's so cool. Oh, God, it was so fun. So Click the orcs, they'd be like, zug, zug. We're ready, master. <laughs> Click them again, and they'd be like, stop touching me. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, just the game, all the whole game. Also, uh, for the record, I never once played the Alliance. Never? Never. I've never. Uh, now, in World of Warcraft, when I played that, yeah. which is another huge influential game, which, honestly, we would spend hours talking mm. about if I had my say. But... Yeah, in the original Warcraft games, I was like, you know what? The Horde is awesome. Humans are stupid. I was like, Horde all the way. Yeah. Never, ever played the Alliance. Wow. I've never played a Warcraft game. Really? I I did more Command & Conquer, Red Alert. Um, oh, those were huge. Those huge were games, those were huge yeah. games that I played, and and I liked those. I, but I never got into Warcraft. I didn't really get into that world until I played World of Warcraft. So, oh, but you have played World of Warcraft. Yes. Okay. Yes. I uh, 
Yeah, the, the two-headed ogres were the, my, like, my favorite part. <laughs> Clicking on them and like having them argue amongst themselves. Oh, so good. Well, I think of that same thing with StarCraft, too. Uh, StarCraft as well. StarCraft was another huge one. And like uh, the fire bats. And you're like, Shh, you want something? Like They're just like real rough smoking a cigarette in the window. Um, and like protoss like uh, like uh, ringing in my head uh, you must build additional pylons like must build additional <laughs> pylons yes. oh man i don't even play starcraft and i know that that like that joke that yes. trope that meme it, it's great it's the that whole the, those strategy games again created mm-hmm. a whole nother sport of electronic sport yeah. or gaming online um but yeah that, that there's a lot of cool influential strategy games out there you know another genre we haven't touched on? Shmups. Shoot 'em ups. Shoot 'em ups. Yep. We we never really touched on those. Games like R Type, games like Gradius. Yeah. Uh, another genre that we haven't really uh touched on was uh oh shoot, just had it in my head. I. Uh, oh, keep talking. I've lost it. I don't know what you were gonna talk about. Yeah, I don't Wrestling know. games? <laughs> no. I <laughs> no, not at all. I Shoot, I uh, just had it. It was so like I, I popped in my head, and I thought, "Oh man, if we did, oh, uh, uh, beat 'em ups." Oh, beat 'em up games. Okay, yeah. yeah. So your turtles in time. You've turtles got, in time is great. You've got uh, double dragon. Super influential. Um, oh, what's the other one I was thinking of? Streets of, Rage uh, Streets of Rage on Sega Genesis. Yep. Honestly, I if I had had to put forth one that was like more influential, probably the original Turtles arcade game. Yeah. I would say where they took a popularized pop, uh, pop culture yep. item, mm-hmm. comic, like Turtles, and then turned into a beat-em-up is when it became it. Same thing with X-Men or the Avengers. Or Simpsons. Um, Simpsons. Like, like uh, that era of, mm-hmm. of just cut and paste this series into this game blew up. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. It was it got real popular. It They could ramp up the difficulty in the arcades to make oh, you yeah. keep pumping in those quarters. Heck, there there are Dungeons & Dragons be- arcade beat-em-ups. Yep. Uh, they eventually like did Scott Pilgrim yep. from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I love that game. It's a really good so game. Good. Awesome Not comic, retro. awesome movie. Not retro enough for us no. here. Though it was made to be retro. It was made to be retro. But, I mean, at that point, it's basically, let's face it, the Scott Pilgrim arc- arcade fighting game is basically just River City Ransom. Yes. Which is another really uh, big game. In fact, I, honestly, on beat-em-ups, I think River City Ransom deserves a lot of credit because of the RPG elements. Mm-hmm. Like, you could level up your characters and, like, you know, raise their stats. And there was a, I mean... It was ridiculous, but the passwords were like pages long. <laughs> it was insane, and uh, and so I think that deserves a lot of credit. But uh, is any other uh, genres that you can think of that spring to mind? I really can't. Yeah, I, th- I think we've a covered a majority. I, and I'm sure we've missed some. And and hey, here's the thing for our listeners: I'm sure that you guys have been yelling at us as we're talking. Like, oh, why, why haven't you talked about this game? And you know, I mean, here's the thing. Let us know. Jump in the Discord. You know, ch- chat with us there. Uh, join us on Facebook. Uh, you know, just send. You know, ask to be let in, and we'll let you in to avoid those robots. Uh, you know, more than willing to chat about this stuff. And there's just so many games out there that have had such a big impact on the the game industry and pop culture, et cetera, et cetera. So, wow, I just thought of one. Oh yeah, Smash Brothers. Oh, that's another big one too. For fighting games. Yeah, that is a big one. A lot of. A lot of companies tried to copy it and failed miserably. Yeah, PlayStation All Stars. <laughs> yeah, that was not a yeah, good game. Yeah, no, not at all. Not a good game. 
but anyway, anyways, yeah. yeah. Let us know what we missed because yeah. it'd be cool to, to get your input. Maybe we'll talk about those games in future episodes because it could be spotlighted mm-hmm. very well. Many of the games that we talked about, if they have already, future ones could be spotlighted. Yeah, absolutely. Too. So we want to hear from you on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know. Uh, other than that, though, Chops, is there uh, anything else you wanted to uh, touch base with the listeners on? Just listen to the GameZilla podcast, GameZilla Alpha, and Noobs and Dragons on MotorCityGaming.com. Lots of cool content for you to listen to. Absolutely. And then check out DetroitBeardCollective.com for beard supplies and uh, help your friends who have beards smell and look better. Yeah, absolutely. You got to make sure your friends look good. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Craig, for this wonderful conversation about influential games. Absolutely. It makes me just want to go play a bunch of games now that I don't have time to play. Yeah, pretty much. It sucks. Yeah, it's it's not easy. No. It's yeah, it's it's not great. I uh, but we'll see everybody later when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.